With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Ken Miller, Trent Condon. They are Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Hi, good morning, everybody, and welcome in on a miserable freezing rain Tuesday. We welcome you to Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. If you like college basketball, uh, the show is for you. Well, hopefully uh, it's for you as we're going to talk a ton of college hoops, not only locally with Dylan Montz coming up here in about oh, 25 minutes or so. We'll, Dylan's back from vacation. He missed a lot when he was gone. Yes. He missed a ton when he was gone. That used to be something you could count on with Chris Williams. He was was going to go on vacation and Cyclone News would break in mass and uh, that kind of transferred over to Dylan this week. So Dylan will be here. Uh, Shelby Mast, who Trent, you and I have spoken to for a number of years. Uh, he is a bracketologist for USA Today, for Gannett, essentially. Right. Uh, he's really, really, really good. We're fortunate to have him. And I believe if everything works out, we're going to have him weekly at this time, 1040. Bracketwag.com is where you can find his work online. Right now he has Iowa as a five. Iowa State, Iowa's a five in Salt Lake City. Mm-hmm. Iowa State as a six in Hartford. Wouldn't that stink? Not an easy place to get to. Well, for either school, quite honestly. Right, yes. Yeah, both uh, I places. mean, you can fly nonstop to Salt Lake, I believe, on Delta. At least you could. Not a ton of flights, but Delta's a, a Salt Lake is a Delta hub, so at least you can get there in one flight. Mm-hmm. Hartford's a really nice airport. I think it's Bradley. I don't know. And whatever. Um, but yeah, not easy to get to. But anyway, Shelby Mass coming up at 1040. We'll talk, we'll talk about the two local teams. This time last year, remember? Yeah, it was rough. It was rough. Yeah. Um, it was really bad. And uh, this year we're very fortunate to have uh, these two schools make an impact in, on a national scale like they are. So we'll do that with Shelby Mass. Zuba Mahente straight up at 11 o'clock. Uh, and then uh, what else? We go? Oh, Rob Doster, NBC Sports. He is one of their col- NBC Sports collegebasketballtalk.com, their national columnist. We get him every week, and Rob Doster, Trent, and I will go around uh, college basketball on a national scale. So if you like college hoops, today is your day. We'll sprinkle in a little bit of MLB because at 3 o'clock, a mere five hours from now, this year's Hall of Fame class will be announced. As of right now, Mariano Rivera, in the ballots that have been made public, mm-hmm. is at 100%. Oh, no a little ever, intrigue. Yes, no one has ever been. I mean, how do you not vote for Mariano Rivera? Who's the guy that is going to, out of spite, or whatever, uh, maybe he doesn't think he's a Hall of Famer, but who's going to be the guy that says, you know what, not this year, maybe next year, because something's going to change, right, from one year to the next um, how do you, how do you not vote for him? You know there'll be somebody that does that though, of right? Of course, there'll be yeah. a curmudgeon. Yeah, yeah. That Babe Ruth didn't get in with a hundred percent, so nobody. Well, we'll I get, get that argument with a hundred percent of the vote. <laughs> yeah, um, true. I, I get where he's coming from, but you know, let's move on. Yeah. Don't, you, don't you think? Uh, and then uh, what else might we sprinkle in a little bit? Well, we may do a little bit on the NFL. 
because what you and I both didn't realize at this time yesterday when we went on the air is that apparently Roger Goodell has an, as the power um, to overturn the result of the game. Yes. So we'll do that later, but I don't want to start there. I want to start with what we saw last night in Allen Fieldhouse and maybe maybe some takeaways from what ensued um, in what was a really entertaining night of basketball all around. I learned a couple of things. I learned that Michigan State is really good, right? Really they good. throttled Maryland. Never gave them a chance. Trent. No. And Maryland's a good team. We both think that, you know, it's Michigan State. Now, I, I would rank them, if we were doing today what we did yesterday, mm-hmm. I'd put Michigan State on its own line. And then Michigan. And then Michigan. And then another line to get down to Maryland and the rest. But mm-hmm. anyways, I want to get to K-State and Iowa State. And while I think there's one head and shoulders team in the Big Ten after watching Sparty last night and they're playing unbelievable basketball, and we'll see them on Thursday at Carver. Last time, last check, there were still tickets available. I don't think Kansas, based on last night's win, I, I don't think that you can definitively say you can think Kansas is going to prevail when it's all said and done. I do. Guilty. You're, Guilty. you're the guy? Yeah, yeah. You can think they're going to prevail, but you can't tell me that they have... With the exception of Lawson, Diedrich Lawson. Who is incredible. Who is good. amazing. He oh, was oh, the oh. best player on the floor, yes. and it wasn't even close. And Shayok's a nice player. Lawson's yep. better. But I, I can't sit here, Trent. You can, and you can make that argument in a second and say that definitively Kansas is better than Iowa State. I can't do it. And I'm not sure I could say Kansas is better than K-State or Texas Tech. We've got a whole ton of parity at the top of the Big 12 is my take. You know, when I look at it, and, and we've gone down this path multiple times throughout the 14-year run here from Kansas, but it seems like in the end, they don't drop a stupid game. Iowa State already has Well, a, what about West Virginia start on Saturday? That's a road loss. Okay. It's a road loss. All right. Kind of like game. Nebraska Rutgers last night? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's hideous. I, th- there's losses in there. There's losses that are, like the West Virginia, a little head-scratching, mm-hmm. but the home losses, or a game like last night for... The first 30 minutes of the game, 28 minutes of the game. Before the 14-0 run. Iowa State was not just better, mm-hmm. definitively better. Mm-hmm. They were the better basketball Quicker. team. And it wasn't close. I agree. They looked like, I mean, in the past you'd flip those jerseys and say, But then who? what happened? In that 14-0 span where Iowa State seemingly settled for three after three after yes. three and couldn't that, make a shot to save You answered their it life? right there. They, they settled. Mm-hmm. They were settling too much for the jumpers. Fatigue? Not having a deep bench. I mean, essentially, they went six deep. Yes. Uh, and, and sadly, they had to play Wigginton last night. And I'm a Wigginton guy, as mm-hmm. you know. I mean, he was awful. Lard might have been... I can't say Lard was worse, because he was only on the floor six minutes. I mean, Wigginton was on the floor 25 minutes last night to have it uh, put his awful game on display minute after minute. What happened to... And here's the thing, Trent. We, did, we were on the air yesterday, um, and we recapped Oklahoma State's game at Hilton this mm-hmm. past weekend. We both said that without a shadow of a doubt, Lard and Wigington had their best game in conference by a long ways. And then two, 48 hours later, you go from playing as well as they did to stinking the joint out. They combined to go one and nine from the floor, and they look lost at times Ugh. out there. They, it just... what is it mental? I don't know. Here, the last These two guys are incredibly talented. Yes. These are talented college mm-hmm. basketball players. Who knows what they turn into at the next level? That's not what we're worried about right mm-hmm. here. But these are very good college basketball players. And that players. next level, by the way, is not as soon as we thought. 
Very true. Don't you think? Yeah. Unless um, it's the stop here playing for the Iowa Wolves. Yeah, maybe. And if, if that's the case, if that's the road they go, then they made a mistake. Um, Lindell Wigington, I want to get your take on this. Because I thought whenever you play a team like Kansas, you know they're going to have athletic guards, right? Mm-hmm. Quick, super athletic guards. Lindell Wigington is that for Iowa State. To me, prior to 8 o'clock last night, I thought Wigington was going to build on his Oklahoma State performance and match the athleticism that you know is going to be somewhere on that Jayhawks roster. Alex Halstead told us yesterday that he felt like it was trending that he was going to be the starter back in the starting yes. lineup by the old Miss game yes. on Saturday. How do you do that now? You I don't, don't. I don't think there's any way you can. Mm-mm. And I know they put the you know, wheels in motion to do that. Yeah, they've let it. Uh, they've made it kind of clear, right? Pearl's yeah. kind of hinted at that, and everybody picked up on that. And it wasn't going to happen in Kansas. I don't know how it happens in Oxford. I really don't. I and, really boy, I'd like to go on that trip. By the way, yes, you know how I love Oxford, Mississippi. Uh, I was there, and if you're a Cyclone fan and you're making your way down there, you're going to have a ball. It is spectacular. If you're flying to Memphis, if you're dro- we drove to Memphis for the Liberty Bowl, and it's like I want to say 90 miles, Trent. Okay. Um, from Memphis to Oxford, and it's it's all interstate. I mean, it's an actually I don't know what interstate it is. Then you turn. It, it's a really nice. What will strike people is how many dead deer there are. Really, it was unbelievable. There's like, anyways, it's just one after another. But once you get into Oxford, and the and the basketball arena is right by the football stadium, right by it. And we couldn't get in. I wanted to get in and see the stadium, but you'll see the murals of Eli Manning outside. But the town square itself, so many restaurants, so many bars. If you're a Cyclone fan, you're headed down there. I know there's a threat on Cyclone Fanatic. You're going to have a blast. It's great place. Spectacular. Yeah. But anyways, back to, I don't think they can start Wigginton no. against Ole Miss. Are, are you going to tell Taylor Horton Tucker after the performance he had last night? Sorry. No, but I think it's got to be Halliburton that he replaces, at least to begin. But don't you? Prom relies on Halliburton so much. I mean, this mm-hmm. kid's playing... What is he averaging? 35 minutes oh, a game? 30 plus for sure. Well, you know what? Instead of speculating, <laughs> sure. I'm going to click All right. on his name. He is averaging 35 34 minutes. 34 minutes a game. Yeah. 34 minutes. Well, if he's coming off the bench and he's not playing the first four, yeah. you played him the rest of the way? No, he can't do that, can you? Can't do that. Uh-uh. I, I think the only guy that makes sense to be pulled out of the lineup is Taylor Horton Tucker. And he had his best game. He was incredibly good. Mm-hmm. You're not pulling Jacobson because you need a big. Yep. You're not pulling Shayok, it's the leading score. I thought Jacobson had a nice game. Michael Jacobson had a Michael Jacobson kind of night last night. How about night. the three? Huge. Oh, Huge. And was he that looked, the tie? Yes, it yes. was. Yes, he looks so confident going uh-huh. up with that. Mm-hmm. That's the shot I saw, saw so much in high school that is, hasn't been part of his college repartee. No. And you know he what? can I mean? shoot it. No, he can't, although I did make a note um, watching the game last night because it seems like when he misses... And um, he always misses short. Yeah. It's always off the front of the rim. The missed free throw. The missed free throw, yeah. Yeah, after he made the first one and then to to miss the second one. But look, it's that 14-minute run. Uh, Kansas seemed to just do whatever. They were more physical, making their way to the basket, uncontested a number of times. Meanwhile, Iowa State was settling for, for, for bad threes. To their credit, when it looked as though it was going to get away, they fought back. They fought back, and they covered. Um but that aside, I don't think Kansas is head and shoulders above this Iowa State team. I really don't. You will not be able to convince me. I don't think they are either, but will they lose a stupid game? Will they have a home loss that is a head-scratcher? And well, they won't on a Monday night, and I don't know how many more big Mondays they are, but that <laughs> right. record is spectacular. What, what, what's the record? Like 27-0 and 0 or something like that after last night? Isn't that unthinkable? And, and big Mondays against big 12 teams. Yeah. 
And Big 12's pretty good conference. Savannah year State's year. not coming in for Big Monday. Oh, right. Right. This is a, a big spot. Um, always an 8 o'clock tip uh, for the most part. And Kansas is yet to give one up. It's a remarkable stat. Uh, the crew was terrific last night, I thought. I mean, Holly Rowe was there. I loved the end of the uh, first half interview with Bill Sell. Well, how do you do that? I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> and he didn't say it. On, no. You know, he, no. He went, there, was, there was no angst in his voice. It was, uh, you could tell there's a pretty healthy relationship between. And why wouldn't there be, right? She's a rock star. She really is. What Kansas has left here and uh, at home. All right, so give me their give me their their best chance. Well, for a bad loss, you said it wouldn't be a bad loss if Texas Tech right. picks them off. Oklahoma State. No, that's well, a bad, that would be a bad. That's one. a bad loss yeah. at home. Baylor's getting better. Don't put them in that category. They get West Virginia at home. They'll throttle them out. after what happened in Morgantown. Yeah. Yes, K State. The K State's good and in state rivalry. And they finish the year with Baylor. If if they lose outside of the Texas Tech game. Another one of those games. Then, so they're fi- so senior day, or you know, and I don't yeah. know what they got for seniors, <laughs> Vic. Right? Um, what would they? The, the, that's the final home game of the year. Is against the, Baylor? Yeah, yeah. Not losing that. No, no. Do they lose a road game at Texas, at K State, at TCU, at Texas, at K at TCU? Man. But that's the thing. That they they don't. A, they might lose. A game or a couple mm-hmm. of those games, but they don't lose multiple. They, no. they, could have last night. Iowa State could have swept them. 14 and 4. Probably so, and that's going to win it. That'll win it. Yep. That will win it. They already have two losses. Oh, man. There's two more. Well, the Patriots are back in the Super Bowl. Yes. Why should this surprise us? I, right? I try to tell you this every I know, year, Ken. You do. Like, why do we have to have these conversations? One year I'm going to be right, damn it. <laughs> 20, 2023. Okay, that means we're still working together. And that's I'm, good. I'd, I'd sign for that in a heartbeat. Um, yeah, just. What, what what could have been right? They were like you said. They were the better team on the floor for the first twenty eight minutes. I get that it's forty. That fourteen and zero run is going to resonate uh, against them. The building was electric last night. I thought I have to get there. I you know what? I it's not too far to drive. No, that three and a half be, hours. Mm-hmm. There's really not a another basketball venue in the Big Ten or the Big Twelve that mm-hmm. I have to get to. I told you I was there about a decade ago. Yeah. Arizona was in town for a non-conference game. Have you been to Good Assembly fire. Hall? I have not. Maybe. That's, yeah. Maybe. Not the Illinois Assembly Hall. No, 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 no. The Indiana one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think, and you were there, so 10 years ago? 10 years ago. It was Arizona, so it was a big game. But it was, no, it was end of November, early yeah. December. It was end of November, in fact. Mm-hmm. And I want to see Iowa State there. Mm-hmm. That's what I want to see. Let's make a road trip next year. Dave Zawalinski did uh, last night. Travis Justice was there last night. Yeah, um, I guess uh, Zawalinski and well, do you remember Dave Zawalinski? Yes, yeah, yeah. Channel Five, right? Channel Five, yeah. yeah. Now he's doing morning news over in one of the Omaha stations. Oh, okay. I first met Dave Zawalinski. I think he was going to Drake, mm-hmm. and he was in the tele- the. They have a TV class over okay. there, or. Yeah. Journal. I don't know what it is. I think John Walters graduated from it. Dave Zawalinski graduated from it. Gary Wade, who is the voice of Hilton Coliseum. Ah, uh, the PA guy? The PA guy. Yeah. I believe was the professor oh, really? at Drake. I got to know Gary and Dave because they worked in the television department part-time mm-hmm. uh, at Prairie Meadows. Oh, all right. So I and I, I'm not sure if Gary Wade still does that or not. Really good guy, really good guy. But anyway, Zavolinsky was there last night. Um, yeah, that would be a fun trip. Would yes. be a fun trip. One year. One year. One year. I'm going to get to an SEC football stadium too. One year. One you, year. You, no, you won't. No, I know. You that won't happen. No, I don't think so. This either. is realistic. This has a chance. Yep. 
Yep. It, it's you, though. It really doesn't. No. <laughs> I know what's going to happen. We're, we're going to have the plans. And sit. Hey, I, you go. I, I got us a couple of press passes. Even We're, we're ready. Yeah. Fuel up the car. Let's roll. Yeah, mm. yeah. You know, something came up. Yeah. A little uh, busy. Something came up. Uh, coming up tonight, a big game in the Big 12. Uh, and there really is. There's a lot of big games in the Big 12. But K-State and Texas Tech. So if we both feel, and sadly, I think you're going to be right. If indeed, you know, it's, it's going to be a four-loss team that wins the Big 12 this year, I think. Mm-hmm. So now we're starting to fill in the pieces a little bit as to... God, I hope you're wrong. <laughs> as to who's going to... 14 straight. Yeah. As to who's going to chase Kansas, and this one clearly going to go a long way tonight, Texas Tech, who's now lost, what, two in a row? Two in a row. Iowa State and then Baylor over the weekend. Baylor over the weekend. That was a surprise. How about one. Baylor? The they're getting better, West Trent. Virginia, yes. Yeah, they're getting better. They won out four out of five now. They're... Yeah, that Baylor game in West Virginia was last night? Yeah. Right, West Virginia, a little bit of a letdown at home, right, in Morgantown after they just knocked off Kansas and the students. Not just students, there were grown men on the floor as well. Um, What do they sing? Sweet, what's their song after the end of the game? Country Roads. Country Road, that's it, right, Country Roads. I won't sing it for you. Thank you. No. Um, Baylor, four out of five. Scott Drew. I, I know they won four out of five. So did it start this streak with Iowa State? It did. They lost then the the game after that against Kansas, but that went right down to the wire. Uh-huh. If you remember, I do. And since then they beat Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, and West Virginia. Two of those games on the road. Well, the the Texas Tech game resonates a little bit. That's that's for certain. Well, Scott that, Drew, yeah, it's unreal. I, I want to talk just a little bit about Michigan State because, like, I, I thought this Maryland team was legit, and I still do. Uh, but after watching Michigan State, and got, by the way, I know we say it seemingly you know once or twice a week. That five thirty window is spectacular. So good for it you. It really is, because then I don't if I'm if I'm into the game, I don't find myself you know going over to a six o'clock mm-hmm. unless it's one of the two locals. Because uh, you're into it, right? Yeah. And at halftime, it, it's not going to. It's not like every game's at halftime at the same time. It, it just makes sense. But watching Sparty do what they did, and Ward didn't score a point in the basketball game, Trent. And this guy's averaging what 16, 17 points a game. He was held scoreless. It was Kenny Goins this time. It was Kenny Goins, and it was Winston. And mm-hmm. is he the best? Is he the player of the year in the Big Ten right now? Oh. Probably he was, he's been yeah. he's been unbelievable. Yes, uh, I thought Michigan after watching them a couple of weeks ago was the best team by an inch in the conference. After watching Sparty the last couple of times, they've been on the floor, and we'll see him on Thursday, six o'clock. Carver, Carson Edwards, mm. he's putting up huge. Ethan Hap, Hap is a great player. Hap's a great story. Is Hap going to be an NBA player? I don't. I don't think so either. Think so, yeah. His college basketball resume is. I want to say it stands alone. Alondo Tucker can stay in the league. Yeah, yeah. Well, he was even better than Ethan Hap. Now, a different player, obviously, different kind of player. Yeah, Ethan Hap's a Ethan Hap's a good one. I would I would be okay if Ethan Hap won it because he's he's had a really nice career. I mean, him and Frank uh, the Tank. He was a freshman in Kaminsky's final yes. year, wasn't he? Yes, I think he was. The uh, championship game run. Yes. Yes. Beaten Kentucky. Oh, man. Uh, we'll take a timeout. Dylan Mons, Trent, and I will get back into the Iowa State game for last night. We'll catch up on the football program. Really looking forward to Shelby Mass 1040. He is statistically, uh, if you follow all the brackets, do you know the site that you can go to, Trent? There's somebody does a composite of yes. all the bracketologists, kind of gives their percentage over the last few years. 
Shelby Mast has been really, really good. Bracket Matrix. Back, that's it. Bracketmatrix.com. Uh, Shelby Mast is Gannett. He's their bracketologist. You can see him in USA Today. I wonder if you can see him in the register there, Gannett. I would guess so, right? makes Certainly makes sense to do that. Well, um, Shelby Mast coming up at 1040. Zubin at 11. Rob Doster, more college basketball conversation, 1140. As we said, if you like college hoops, uh, hopefully you're going to like the show today. I can tell you this, that it's time for uh, to pay your bills with 1460 KXNO and EKG Golf. Simply text, text the keyword SUPER to 200-200 right now for your chance to win $1,000. That's SUPER to 200-200 right now. Message and data rate supply. Trent and I will continue. Dylan Montz joins the program when we come back on Des Moines Sports Station 1460 KXNO. Keep up with KXNO on Twitter and Facebook. Go to KXNO.com to learn more from 1460 KXNO. All right, welcome back. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Murph and Andy at two fanatics uh, today from four until, well, I don't know what time the boys are off today. I think they'll probably have their Cyclone Insider show today. Cyclone Coaches Show today. Oh, it's today. at 630. That's it right. Is. Yes. Eric Heft is sitting in. I saw that tweet from yesterday. Uh, that's at 6.30. So your basketball game, you were doing Roosevelt and whom tonight? Ankeny. I was making a trip up there. I was right. going to be waiting for a cold one afterwards and at your homestead. You know where I live. Pop over anytime you want. The door's always locked. Always locked. Doors are and the lights are out. Shuttered. Completely no chance of getting in. But you're welcome to come by. But no game tonight. Yeah, so it's cancel, right? Yes. And I have to think all of the games in the CIML are... Across the board, it's yeah. looking that, that we're trending that way, yeah. A lot of red on the CIML uh, schedule sheet for today. Uh, let's get to Dylan Montz, Ames Tribune. He's back from vacation. Not sure he'll ever be allowed to take another one. Dylan, boy, oh boy, you picked a bad time to leave. How are you? Pretty good, yeah. Uh, unbelievable. I thought that there could be a chance for there to be a quiet few days, but <laughs> right. uh, lo and behold, there's um, you know true freshman interviews for the first time with Brock Purdy and Mike Rose. Mm-hmm. There's been coaching news with Tom Manning coming back, and then they get a in-state commitment uh, from a 2021 kid. So uh, pretty, pretty unbelievable. Uh, bad luck there on my part to, to be away for all of it. But I'm back now. Um, cold weather. Uh, that's, that was an adjustment, but uh, ready to rock and roll here. And you uh, did something interesting. You said on Friday you went indoor skydiving. Is that right? Where? Yeah. So I, I was down in uh, Phoenix, Scottsdale area. Nice family, and um, we figured out uh, there was a place called iFly down there. Uh, I don't know if anybody's heard of it, but there's a couple outposts in the Midwest. I think there's one in Minneapolis and one in uh, Kansas City. But uh, really, you go in, and um, it, it, all it is basically is about a 30-foot-tall um, foot tunnel, uh, and there's a fan underneath a netted floor. Um, and so you step into the chute, and it's all glass around you, or plastic. I mean, you can see through it. Um, and there's an instructor in there with you, and um, the wind blows up to 100 or 105 miles an hour. And the instructor can kind of uh, get you in position and you kind of uh, simulate what skydiving is. Um, they put you in all the, the different positions to kind of um, make you go, you know, up to 15 feet in the air. You go down to the net and, and can kind of work your body positions in different ways. So, um, yeah, it, it made me feel a little bit better that I wasn't jumping out of a plane the first time I was doing it. So, uh, yeah, it, it felt a little bit more safe and, and secure. So it was. It was a really cool experience, though. And so is that a precursor to jumping out of a plane? Is that what you want to do? Uh, maybe. Okay. I, would, I would maybe go back to this a couple more times. Right. To, to Just to make it. sure. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but it, it was awesome. I, I would definitely do it again. I think there's one in Vegas. Mm. I think okay. there is. I think I've heard of that in Vegas. Anyways, that aside. Well, we're glad to have you back. So let me go back to the freshman interviews for the first. Was this the first time and you, so since you've been covering Iowa State football? And I, I mean, you know, I'd be hard pressed to think of two impact freshmen that the, you know, that the fan base would be clamoring to hear from. I don't recall, um, this in the past that, that, uh, Iowa State and particularly in Matt Campbell era made freshmen available in January. Is that the first time? Is that kind of why you never saw this coming? It, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think. The only other time it could have been was for David Montgomery and Deshante Jones. But I think even for those guys, it was uh, closer to spring ball and mm-hmm. the first time we got them. So, yeah, I, I think uh, given the impact that those guys had and especially with the positions they played. Hey, precisely. I it, I, yeah, I think it warranted uh, probably doing something a little bit separate. And it sounds like um, both were pretty long sessions, upwards mm-hmm. of 10, 15 minutes with, with the scrum there. So uh, you just think about kind of all the different beats of the season and how 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 far back he can go for Mike Rose. He started all 13 games and, hmm. and um, you know, made an impact in the middle. And then Brock Purdy, think about how long ago the Oklahoma State game was and just, um, you know, all the different things that have happened since then. So a uh, good opportunity to, to get those guys I know. And uh, I've seen some of the quotes and some of the videos and, and read the stories, obviously. And, um, you know, both sound uh, pretty mature for their age, too, which I guess, um, given their play, you could see that coming. So uh, kind of a unique opportunity to to have just a session with those guys, though. Uh, tell us about the uh, the recruit that they picked up, the in-state, uh, the in-state commitment. Yeah, so, so like I said, it's a 2021 kid, so it, it's a little bit far out, but he's a sophomore at Rolling Story, Zach Tweet. Um, he's 6'3 and 200 pounds, so he's he's really built right now for him and, and kind of the standout of, of the North football team, and he plays basketball and uh, does a bunch of other sports, too. But um, he's projected to be probably a, a linebacker or or tight end right now, uh, I would say. Um, he's an athlete, so they haven't really pegged down his position. Just because I think they're waiting for him to, to grow a little bit more, it sounds like that's in the realm of possibility. But, um, yeah, he's, he's 24 months out from when he would actually sign his letter of intent for Iowa State, but he was offered um, <laughs> in last January as a freshman. So uh, they, they've been in on him for a long time and, and you know, kind of a pseudo-hometown kid um, being from outside Story City. So... Uh, a nice pickup, and, and I talked to him yesterday, and he said he's kind of uh, looking forward to laying a foundation for that class and, and kind of bringing everybody along with him. He's a really well-spoken kid, humble. Um, so I know uh, that's kind of the, the, the type of kid they're looking for, and, and he kind of fits the mold of, of what they want, and that's kind of a nice in-state tie, too. So let's get into basketball last night. Dylan, we talked about it a lot at the top here, a game that I think you could characterize it as frustrating that felt like a winnable game last night for Iowa State, and you don't get many of those opportunities down in the fog. Yeah, I know it's probably fair for people to be disappointed, but I don't know if um, you know people should feel like the, the sky is falling necessarily. No. I think um, you know they certainly had their chances, but when you talk about seven missed free throws, a fourteen zero run in the middle of the, the second half, um, you got to find ways to to kind of uh, regain your composure a little bit, especially offensively. Um, you know, to kind of um, slow down the beats a little bit, and and you know, Dedrick Lawson had a much better game than he did in Ames a, a couple weeks yeah. ago. So, and and then you can talk about uh, Cameron Lard and Lindell Wiggington. You know, two of their most important players um, were really non-factors all game. So uh, there there were opportunities there, and I think that's what what 
you could probably say is encouraging to people. There are things that are fixable. Um, you know, again, it's just, that would have put them probably up a game when you look at the rest of the schedule and, and where the standings fall right now. No doubt. By the way, you were right on Twitter last night. Halliburton's got to get to the corner. Uh, that looked bad for Wigington. I get it. I mean, it, st- it stood out that, you know, who the hell is he throwing the ball to? There's, there's, you, missed, you missed Halliburton by five feet. Well, that's where he's supposed to be. I'm, I'm with you. And, and I think that that came up apparently at some point. I'm one of the, might have been, uh, I gotta give credit where credit's due. Might have been Stansberry that wrote that at Cyclone Fanatic that some of his teams kind of got uh, chirping at Halliburton to get his, you know what, over there. You were right, Dylan Montz. Yeah. I mean, uh, and, you know, Wigginson's got to see the guy, sure. But, I'll give you that. Yep. Yeah. But I, I mean, he's, he's got to drift at the corner. That's what yep. they teach you. And, and, you know, as you mentioned, you saw Wigginson kind of say, you know, moving his arms over to drift to the corner. Shayak, I think, came over. Babs came over. So it's, it's, it was an unfortunate timing just because that could have been a pretty big, big possession had they, they gotten a bucket or at least taken some time. But, um, yeah, it, it's one of those things that, that seems to always happen at that building. So let me ask you about Wigginson because he was – he had his best game against Oklahoma State. He did. And then, you know, 48 hours, I say, say the same about Cam Lard. I mean, Cam Lard played six minutes and five fouls. He was just, I don't know what was going through his mind last night. Wigington just couldn't make a shot to save his life after he had his best shooting day 48 hours ago. Too bad because Wigington is a guy that can match athleticism. You know, Kansas, always going to have athletic guards on the floor. Lindell Wigington's that guy for Iowa State. Yeah, those two guys that played, played such an impact on this team last year uh, and played really well this past Saturday picked a bad night to both have disappointing games yeah uh, first with Lard I think sometimes he has trouble with athletic picks and and he's really saw that last night with Lawson he's really able to get inside and, and kind of make uh, Lard work for it in different ways and um, you know just ended up getting uh, tired out in just his few minutes and, and picked up all five fouls within six minutes um, and I think with uh, Wigginton uh, the flow of the game early on was so interesting where uh, there weren't you know any fouls i think the under 16 timeout was not until um you know maybe less than 13 minutes left or right around the 13 minute mark um so the flow was really going early and so he didn't have a chance to come in and uh, until that time and i think with the way i was they were shooting the ball early um there there's the flow and in, in the style of game that he plays is just a little bit off uh, he likes to get downhill and drive and and show his athleticism and could just never really get things going. And then obviously, um, you know, the second half, things kind of uh, fell apart for him. Just, uh, you know, the missed free throws, the the turnover, which, again, we talked about a little bit. And, and the, he ran at the rim and, and tried to dunk it over. Just, you know, just it seems so off. And I think it's going to be interesting to see what they do on Saturday. Is this a time that they start him, uh, put him back into the starting lineup? Or, or kind of how do they approach it? Because it is kind of a a delicate spot right now where he can look as good as he did against Oklahoma State and as bad as he did against Kansas. They need to find a way to kind of cut through all that and, and find a little bit more of, of the middle ground there and the consistent ground. So last thing, you mentioned Saturday. So you got a, a long break here to figure some things out and, and to retool, little rest as they only played basically six guys last night. Ole Miss, though, they, coming into the year, they were picked 14th in the SEC. There's only 14 teams in the SEC <laughs> They were picked last. They proved to be a lot better than that. Know anything all about the Rebels? And well, speaking, you were on a trip for you know pleasure. You tell Heinz, hey, I got this one. I'll head down to Oxford if you need me to. Yeah, you know, I would like to make a trip down there sure would. at some point. I, one of my uh, buddies from college uh, went down with, with his brothers to go tailgate um, 
uh, there one time and that the environment for a football game is is uh, you know pretty incredible um it, it would be kind of uh, a fun place to travel sometime um you know and as far as the game i think uh you know they they are much improved from from i think what people thought they were going to be and people were talking about kermit davis who came over from middle tennessee you know potentially as sec coach of the year kind of conversation with rick barnes so I think, um, you know, Iowa State's going to have to come in and, and kind of find that rhythm that they did early on in Allen Fieldhouse and, and, and try to find a way to, to get Cameron Lard and, and Wigginton involved. And, and is that where you make a time where Wigginton comes into the starting lineup and, you know, how early do you insert Cam Lard? Um, you know, I think it are going to be the two things I'm looking forward to. But, uh, you know, it's not impactful, obviously, in the Big 12 race, but maybe an opportunity to kind of figure some of those things out before you jump back in. Um, for home games against West Virginia and Texas next week. Dylan, we'll uh, spend uh, five or six minutes uh, with more on the Mississippi State, the Ole Miss game um, coming up on Friday. Thank you, Dylan. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, guys. Take Good care. to talk to Dylan on Ames Tribune. We'll do our last look with Cakert on the Hawks and uh, Dylan on the Clones. Plus, you know, the other thing you can do when you're down there, the Grove. Yes. Yeah, I was Sundresses in January no, maybe no, a little no, bit no, difficult. No, 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 I was the only one in the Grove and my wife and I were there. You know what struck me? It's really small. Yeah. I mean, it's not a big tailgating area. It's, I don't know, it's really not that big. Well, it, and universities in general down there aren't huge. You look at the enrollment at Alabama, at least a few years ago, it was under 20,000. It was like 15,000. Those universities down there are not huge. They're not like Ohio State with 40,000-plus right. students, or even here with Iowa State with 30,000 students. Yeah, I, Iowa State now has – there's more people going to Iowa State than any than Iowa, right? Yes, I think yeah, enrollment-wise. Yeah, yep. enrollment-wise. All right, Shelby Mass coming out. He's our bracketologist. He's going to join us for the first time this basketball season, the first of many times. He's the bracketologist for Gannett Newspapers. You can read him in USA Today, as uh, amongst the others. Bracketwag.com is where you can see his stuff. Real quick, Tennessee has West Virginia in this a Big 12 SEC. If this has to be predicated, or these teams have to be paired up based on last year's final standings? I, I guess, and what works scheduling-wise. I mean, you got the number one team in the country against the worst team in the Big 12. Did you think Tennessee was going to be this good? Well, no. <laughs> I, and as we... Well, Miss was supposed to be terrible this year, fourteenth mm-hmm. in the preseason poll. It, you know what? For whatever reason, as much as I love SEC football, I watch fewer SEC basketball games. I think than any other conference. I can't and get I into it. I don't know why. Can't get into it. I'm the same way. And I like to watch Kentucky most years, sure, but they're difficult. Yeah. And Tennessee, for a number one, I haven't watched a ton of Tennessee. I don't know if I've ever seen them, Trent. And I was really? thinking about that driving in today. Have you seen Kent Tennessee plays? I couldn't think of any th- a time that I have. Um, but don't forget, for years it was Kentucky and then everybody else. Well, in Florida. Right? Oh, Florida, good point. Florida, yeah, for, of course, Florida had their run there. Mm-hmm. But for the last few years, right. there uh, was since big... Billy Donovan has been gone, little Billy D, as uh, he used to be called, um, <laughs> Yeah, it's been Kentucky and everybody else. Tennessee's fun to watch. and Athletic, right? Yeah, they, they don't have a top 100 kid on their roster. Really? Admiral Schofield. I mean, Admiral. The guy's name's Admiral. Yeah. How can he beat that? Yeah, uh, Jay Williams brought him up last night. Grant Schofield. Williams, probably the SEC Player of the Year right now. Okay. But they're long, they're athletic, and mm-hmm. Rick Barnes 
Yeah, knocked many Number times throughout the years. The Shelby Mass next. We want to don't want to shortchange him. Let's get a timeout in here. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, fourteen sixty KXNO. Hawkeyes, Cyclones, Panthers, and Bulldogs. Yeah, we got that covered. This is Des Moines Sports Station, fourteen sixty KXNO. All right, welcome back, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Let's get to our guy, Shelby Mass. He's going to join us at this time every Tuesday, uh, right through Selection Sunday, and then periodically throughout the tournament. We're glad to have him back. He does a terrific job. He updates his bracket, well, daily, at least I believe it's daily at this point of the year. Let's get him in here, and uh, he can tell us firsthand. Shelby, Trent Condon, Ken Miller, great to have you back, Shelby. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you guys? Doing well. Are you at the point yet where you're updating every day, or is it too early? It is every day. Did I, I start January 1st. That's what I figured. Uh, did last night do anything as far as Michigan State's now on your one line? Uh, they were so impressive over what I think is a really nice Maryland team. Uh, Michigan State, were they a one prior to last night? I mean, does, does one game, can it make a swing like that? It, it did for me. I was at a toss-up between Michigan State and Michigan and I had pinpointed this game, saying if Michigan State got that, that's a big win. Even though it's at home, Maryland has turned into a very nice team this year, and they handled that game like a one seed in my mind should, and so I've moved them up ahead of Michigan for now. One of the biggest things that that I took away looking at your bracket this morning, Shelby, was you having Wisconsin as a number five seed. You just look at the record, twelve and six. You say, "Ooh, how's a team like that?" But when you dig into the Badgers' resume, what has to move up a seed line? A team that right now isn't close to being, you know, a, a ranked team or a team talked about at the top at twelve and six. Even with that win against Michigan, what are you seeing in the Badgers in their resume? Overall, their resume is solid. They don't have any what the committee will consider bad losses. The worst is at Western Kentucky, but that's a quad two loss. So for me right now, that was not too terribly bad. But if you look at the good ahead of the bad, and they've got five quad one wins, including at North Carolina State, who has been a bit of a surprise. Uh, or I'm sorry, that was at Iowa, who's been a bit of a surprise. And they also won at Penn State, who's kind of on the bottom end of the Big Ten, but they're still a pretty solid team. Uh, they've got some good wins there. I think that... It, for me, and I think the committee would agree, uh, the good will outweigh the bad. And for me, their good is really good. You've got ten big team, bet ten Big Ten teams in, eight Big Twelve teams in this bracket. Uh, let's start with Iowa. And then I want to get your take on Iowa State, who had a real tough loss. Kansas, they gave Kansas all they wanted last night. And you have Kansas right now as a two. You have Iowa as a five seed. Iowa's won five consecutive games. They get Sparty on Thursday night. When you look at the Hawks, what do you see as far as their resume? Uh, again, the, the good outweighs the bad. Their worst loss is a home loss to Wisconsin. There's no shame in that. They've only got three losses. The others are Purdue and Michigan State. I mean, those are games that most teams would lose. Other than that, they've won them all. They don't have too horrible a strength of schedule. It's not great. But from what I've seen, I've seen them play three or four times, and they look good. They they are a huge surprise to me because I think they were picked near the bottom of the Big Ten in preseason, and they've really come on quite well. You know, Shelby, as you look here on the local front, we always talk a lot of Missouri Valley Conference basketball and Loyola's run last year to the Final Four certainly uh, helped that league out in a big way and certainly financially going forward. But 
Loyola, a lot of losses in the non-conference. What, what is, what's the biggest upside for the Ramblers? And after what they did last year, could that maybe help them a seed line or two come Selection Sunday? Whatever happened last year stays in last year. The way it will help them is their confidence coming down the stretch. They, they look like they're going to be in a position where they won't be in the discussion for an at-large bid. They'll probably have to win the conference tournament, but they should know this and be prepared for this now, and they have the, the experience factor that no other team in that conference has going to the Final Four. Uh, I want you to finish up with Iowa State for us. Uh, I mentioned Iowa State that lost last night to Kansas, but they got Kansas at their place. The road win at, uh, in Lubbock against Texas Tech, who was unbeaten at conference time this time last week uh, when they played them on that Wednesday night. That's a huge win. I, I mean, best resume builder for Iowa State would be that Texas Tech win in Lubbock, right, at this point? Yeah, I think so. That, that, that Road games are always big, and to beat a top 15, top 20 team like that, Texas Tech looks like they could be slumping a little bit right now, but I don't think that's going to necessarily hurt Iowa State down the road as long as they keep winning. I've got them on the seven line right now, I believe, uh, maybe six. Six, yeah. Six, okay. And I feel I probably have them a little bit lower. I want them to move higher, but I look at the teams above, and – their resume is nice, but the teams above them is just enough nicer that I can't do it just yet. Hmm. Baylor, you've uh, you've moved into the bracket, and I'm with you. Uh, we both feel that Texas Tech slumping at least the last couple of games, and Baylor beat them. Uh, that Baylor, but this Baylor team's getting better, Shelby. It is, and I'm, that's an hour and a half away from me, and I had pretty much written them off uh, back in December. They lost at home to Texas Southern and to Stephen F. Austin. Neither of those teams are good this year. Uh, they may make it as the auto qualifier, but they're not going to be a threat in the tournament as, you know, at least Stephen F. Austin has been. But Baylor just didn't look good early in the year. And plus, they have lost their second leading score and they're still winning. So it's, you know, and they're getting good wins. They're not just beating cruddy teams, they're beating good, solid teams. And I, I, I can't help but put them in. Shelby, uh, a lot of people with Iowa and Iowa State backing wondering. What's it going to take for either the Hawkeyes or Cyclones to get to play close to home and play right here in Des Moines with the first and second rounds coming up here uh, back in the state once again? We know it's top four protected, you uh, top four seed, if the bracket works out right, that you be able to play close to home. What else is available, though? I remember a couple years ago, South Carolina got to play Duke in their home state. Would there be a realistic path for Iowa, Iowa State as a six or seven seed to get basically a home game in the round of 32? It's very possible. Uh, the way everything's laid out for me right now, I've got, uh, see, for my three seed, I've got Marquette in Des Moines and Michigan as a two seed. So if Michigan or Michigan State ends up on that two, uh, two line, chances are they will go, and that might prevent Iowa from going, but maybe not Iowa State. And But, it, yeah, it just depends on where those teams that are above them in the top four lines, where that what pod they get sent to, and if they are the seed that matches up there within the bracketing rules, it could absolutely happen. Uh, well, you've got Nebraska coming over, about, what, a 150-mile trip or thereabouts. Uh, Cornhusker fans would uh, descend upon Des Moines. I, I don't know what to make of this team, Shelby. I don't. I, I look at them on some nights. I think, you know what, they're not Michigan or Michigan State, but they're right up there maybe on the same level with Maryland. Maryland beat them a couple of weeks ago. Um, I don't know what to make of, of Nebraska. I got picked off last night on the road against Rutgers. What do you When you watch um, Nebraska, are they underachieving? Uh, maybe a little bit. I think they're a good team. I think they will, they've got a really good shot to get in the tournament. 
what helps them this year that hurt them last year is the strength of the conference. Last year, the right. Big Ten was yep. way down, and so there just wasn't opportunities for big wins. This year, the Big Ten is the deepest conference, I feel, and so that means almost every game you play is a chance to get a pretty good win, and you could absorb a loss like last night at Rutgers, which won't be frowned upon because Rutgers, I mean, chances of them getting in the tournament are pretty slim, but I've still got to keep an eye on them because they've got some pretty decent wins. Uh, no doubt about that. Uh, Virginia and Duke are going to play a couple more times. At least they, they could play a couple more times. If Duke takes takes uh say say beats them three nothing in the you know gets them in the final regular season game they play and then gets them in the tournament does that maybe knock virginia off the one line if indeed duke is able to sweep them if other teams have moved themselves into position to secure uh, a one seed such as a michigan state continuing to roll tennessee continuing to roll just the head-to-head between Duke Virginia won't do it. Other teams' uh, results will factor into that. But my gut would say Virginia probably would not be on the one line if they lost three times to Duke. Um, of the air, air, air quotes, small schools, yeah. Gonzaga legit, are they the best of the non-Power Five? Or? Probably, them or Nevada. I've seen, okay. I've seen both teams play, and I like Gonzaga better than I like Nevada, not from a rooting standpoint, but from a, a team chemistry and yep. how good they are. Uh, Nevada's awful good, but uh, Gonzaga has got the win over Duke, and that that their, their confidence level is so high. I know they've got a couple of losses, but there's no real shame losing to Tennessee or North Carolina. Lots of teams would do that. No uh, doubt about it. Shelby Mass, BracketWag.com, still in all the Gannett papers, Shelby? Uh, yes, I am. Good stuff. Or you can read it today, right after the Super Bowl. Good stuff. Bracketwag.com. Check them out any day. Updates the bracket every single morning, right? I mean, you're an early bird. This thing gets updated first thing. Yeah, I get up usually about 5 a.m. Central Time, and uh, I've got most of my work from the night before done, but if there's late games, I, I can't stay up and watch them. <laughs> Bracketwag.com. Thank you, Shelby. We'll talk to you this time next week. Appreciate it. Sounds good, guys. Thanks, yeah, good to talk to you, Shelby Mast. Back in the rotation on a weekly basis. Good stuff here as we get set to turn the calendar to February. It's coming. Iowa and Iowa State, realistic playing here. How nuts would that be? Music to our ears. Yeah, Indiana, Kentucky played here was cool. Iowa, Iowa oh State played here. Not even close. Uh, 11 o'clock hour next, 1460 KXNO.